Okay, hello. Hey. <laughs> okay, so introduce yourself. Tell them your like name. Just my name. Oh, your name, age, birthday, how old? Like, yeah, I said okay. Dang, I gotta tell them my birthday. <laughs> okay, just tell them your zodiac sign. <laughs> okay. So just say like, hey, hello. Yeah, like my name's, you know, and okay. then I'm this oh, this age and my zodiac signs. Okay. Hey, um, this is Tanesha Horton, and uh, I am 40 years old, and my zodiac sign is a Leo. Okay, okay. Leo, that's one of my favorite zodiac signs. Why and is that? Because those are like, I feel like they, I have the best conversations with them, like. Awesome. Okay. Okay, so I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, so what are we talking about today? Okay, childhood trauma and how like it affected our like relationships, friendships, money, our beliefs about the world and stuff. Oh yeah, I love that. That's that that can go super deep. It can, especially because like childhood trauma is like it takes. A, I feel like it takes a long time to heal. Well, I think. The reason it takes so long to heal is because a lot of times we're not Mm self-aware, you know, and so you can't fix what you are oblivious to or what you don't know needs to be fixed necessarily. Yeah, I think because it's kind of like you're just walking around blindly, but it's like you notice it, but then it's like, it's then it's like you, but then it's like you meet people that reminds you of your parents and it's just it's it's just so weird because I got like so much situations like that like how I met people like that reminded me of my childhood trauma but I didn't think much of it at the time absolutely absolutely um the interesting thing about childhood trauma is that it shows up throughout our lives so like you said it can it can be with how we deal with money it could be with how we deal with our with our professional or our personal relationships. You know, it could show up on the job. Right. Like, but I think, mm-hmm. you know, not having that consciousness and not having that self-awareness is what causes it to to really have um, a negative impact. Yeah, because, you know, like your boss could like could be like your father like I remember it was this one YouTuber who said that he had this boss that was like his narcissistic stepmother and once he started healing a week later she got fired it's it's like so crazy it's like the world revolves around you well I think that um it's interesting that you say the world revolves around you because I think everything is somewhat magnetic um based on energy and we attract different things into our lives just as things attract us to them. So um, I think the things that we have not healed from, they tend to show up more prevalent in our life. Um, but for whatever reason, even though we can go years um, kind of going through a revolving door of repeated behaviors and repeated outcomes, but it'll take years for us to have an aha moment where 
we deem that something has to change. Yes, because like I feel like it's just always it's gonna it's that one event that's like I can't keep living like this. Like I can't keep going through the same situation. You know, so it's like you have to heal it. So can you name an example of like how a childhood trauma or like a limiting belief from your childhood how it affected like a friendship or something you had or have? So one thing that I really struggled with what when I was younger was pride. I was very prideful. I didn't like to ask for help. I didn't like to share any weak element about myself with other people. Um, and with that came a lot of, of shame. So pride and shame kind of, for me, went hand in hand. Um, and I lost a lot of friendships. Um, I wouldn't say a lot of friendships, but I lost meaningful friendships that had a great impact. So it, it, to me, I equate that to many, um, even if it's a sum of one or two because of the impact and the meaningfulness of the friendship. Um, it, it just, um, had a greater effect, but like one example for me, specifically was um I was at a point in my life where I really felt like I was able to stand on my own two feet and I didn't need as much help and support from one of my best friends who had always just kind of been there for me um I would say since I was like 17 and just really kind of stood in the gap when I really needed support or I needed help with anything whether it was um I didn't have a car to look for jobs and she would let me drop her off at work and take her car so I could look for jobs or whether it was because I had a broken home on Thanksgiving and Christmas, she would always make sure I got an invite to her house and was able to have an enjoyable holiday. So this, so if we just fast forward, I think I was probably about 28 years old and was just feeling like I was at a point of stability and, she had always just kind of had a habit of kind of helping me. And we were at the grocery store and we were both kind of grabbing groceries and um, she had driven there. My car was parked at her house and um, she wanted to pay for the groceries and she was in a bit of a rush, but she didn't really explain to me that she was in a bit of a rush. And so I was kind of taking my time and lingering. I was explaining to her that we didn't have to ring everything together. Like I could pay for my own groceries and she was just like kind of uh, blew me off and was just like, no, I got it. And so like, just put the stuff up there and I'll pay for it. And I'm like, no, like, I don't need you to keep taking care of me. So I really let in that moment, my pride kind of get in the way of me just um, taking a situation that was that really should have been something fairly simple as just ringing up groceries and getting out of the store it turned into a big blow up argument that led to tears and led to two years of us not talking. Wow. That's deep. And this is one of my closest best friends of which it took a lot of conversation and a lot of work to rekindle our friendship Um, I mean, we're doing great now, but it's still something in a situation that was very hurtful for her because I said out of anger that I was over her and I didn't need her. 
Wow. But it was, it was just words that I was trying to articulate something much deeper, but on the surface level, they were just really hurtful for her. Um, but I wasn't able to really articulate that in the way that she could have understood it from my perspective at that time. And because I didn't go into any extensive detail and I just left it at that, it left her to overthink and to put up some boundaries to protect herself from feeling that type of hurt. Um, And the interesting thing is, you know, a lot of people... A lot of people aren't good at apologizing, but I think mm-hmm. that kind of comes with growth right. and maturity. Um, and then, you know, just finding the error in your way and um, correcting that compass um, and, you know, ch- making a change for the better. Yeah, because I feel like when like a lot of people don't want to admit that they're wrong and then it's like I feel like apologizing in relationships I feel like that comes with like a certain level of intimacy and like because it's like I don't know when I feel like when you apologize in a relationship it makes it um it makes it the both of y'all closer but it's like that's it's it's nice that you had a friendship that long and it's good that y'all like y'all came back together but why do you think like you were like so prideful growing up like you didn't like for you didn't like to show any weaknesses like Um, I think those are attributes that I saw from my parents you know I saw my parents I saw my mom you know really not being strong but thinking that she was being strong like staying in bad situations thinking that it equated to strength and um and not realizing that it was unhealthy and it wasn't, you know, setting the proper boundaries for herself. Um, Suffering in silence. Um, And when I say suffering in silence, meaning that you are so prideful that you won't ask for help or you won't let anyone know that something's wrong or something's not right. And so just that repeated behavior throughout the years, um, I started emulating those same behaviors. And, you know, it was just conversations with people close to me, my close girlfriends, um, that, you know, would call it out and and call it like it was. And I'm just Mm -hmm. grateful that I was receptive enough to receive what they were sharing with me. And I was willing to make adjustments Right. Yeah. That's good though. I feel like we all we always will have um things that we need to work on and we won't ever be perfect, but as long as like we can like we can see it or someone can point it out and we can just take it in a well way, um that's like you know, cuz it's like a big part of life I think is like growing, growing from like who you were. Mhm. Absolutely. So I mean, I could go situation from situation. So um, I actually had a lot of friends who had, um, you know, absentee parents from their life. Absentee parents? mm -hmm. So this particular friend that I was just mentioning, 
one of the reasons that me saying I don't need you in that in that capacity any longer, one of the reasons that that was so damaging to her and hurtful to her is because she had an absent parent as a child. And because her father, um, once her parents divorced, her father just became an absent parent. Mm-hmm. And so she had always kind of dealt with abandonment issues. I mean, so yeah. when someone walks out of her life, it takes her back to those same childhood like feelings of wanting a parent so badly and loving a parent so much and them not being present in your life. Right. Well, for me, I can't really, I mean, I don't want to bash this person, so I'm not going to say too much, but. A lot of people say they didn't have a father in their life, but how can I say this without? I just want to say, first off, no one's ever a bad person. Everyone's just doing the best that they know. So, oh my gosh. I mean, I had my father. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, I might just say it. I had my father in my life, but our relationship, like, we never really ever got along. And I mean, I, I can say, like, the best thing, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, before I turned nine, we got along. But after that, like, I don't know, we could, we were just never, never really able to, like, get along. And then it's like, even if, like, it's like I was either always, it's like we were either arguing or even when, even when we, like, even when we weren't arguing, I was just always so mad at him. So it was just like. I don't know. We just so I sometimes I don't think it's a bad thing if you had an absent parent. I just think it's I think it's like sometimes it's better for the parent to be absent because like what if you did have your what if you did have your father in your life but like he turned out to be abusive or like a narcissist. So I mean I don't know but everything happens for a reason, but absolutely. But, but I mean, despite the fact that everything happens for a reason, it doesn't change the fact that, um, a lot of times people live in the past or the future. They rarely are just content with where they are. So, you know, with that being said, oftentimes we want what we don't have. We want what we don't have. So as much as, everything happens for a reason in the moment it's hard to have that realization it's something that you have to train your mind to 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 believe and to think and to act upon to just be present in the moment a lot of times the reason that people um have you know things that they want to escape to is because they are not content with where they currently are they're thinking about where they should be or whether where they would like to be or where they have been in the past you know and i think so a lot of it stems from just not being present in the moment and not having not having that that um that alignment that self-alignment where you're aligned mind body and spirit um, and you are self-aware uh, within your consciousness. Right, right. Because um, 
I think like always being in the future or always being in the past, I think that's like the thing of the ego because the ego is never really content where it's at. It always like wants more or it always wants something different, but it can never really appreciate the moment. But I kind of think we're raised like that, you know, the like the TV always shows like you know, growing up as a good thing. It never, like, I don't know, it, but never being present, like, in the moment, it's never really, it's never really shown, like, the situation where you're at, it's never really shown. Like, you're always told to just plan for your future, just stuff like that. So, I feel like if, I feel like it would be easier if we were taught how to stay in the moment, or we were taught, like, where you're at is a good place to be. Yeah, being content is not yeah. something that's often talked about. Enjoying the moment, savoring the moment, um, relishing in the moment. That is not talked about. Right. Like, why isn't this moment good enough? Like, why do I have to wait to, like, to be 18 or 19 or something to enjoy myself? I don't. Right. You can enjoy it now. I think that everything in its time. I think that there are certain things that are age appropriate. So, I mean, it would be odd if a 30-year-old is still coloring and coloring books, you know? So that's not really age appropriate for a 30-year-old. Well, I feel like certain things can be you getting in tune with your inner kid. So like, say if you were really creative as a kid and you just like coloring, then I feel like it's okay. But I see what you're saying. Like some- You may want to elevate. How about we get some canvas and we get some paints? Okay, okay, that's that, yeah, that's reasonable painting. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's yeah, just I elevated. Yeah, because I think you can enjoy all things, but it's just in the manner of which you do it, right? Right, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. So, I noticed for me a pattern is like with my friendships, and this has been recently like when I do form a connection with someone or like a bond or something with a friend or something, I noticed they end up leaving quickly. Like I never had a three or four year friendship. Like it's so crazy. Like I remember this, there was, there was, I was at the Y and there was this guy I met and he worked there. I don't even, he only worked there for three or two weeks. And this is like, this situation is so crazy. So, we ended up having a deep talk one Saturday, and I swear, like, after that Saturday, I never seen him ever again anywhere. <laughs> like, I can, like, I never, like, friendships or connections, they never last long for me. And that, I don't, I don't know if, like, I don't think, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out why that is. I think, I mean, I don't, my abandonment, I feel like. The most I can say with abandonment is like, I think when I got nine or 10, my parents changed into completely different people. Like from my perspective, like they didn't treat me the same. And I don't know if like my inner kid felt abandoned from that time period. I don't know if that's why, because I I feel like it's a reason why people leave my life so quickly you know, I noticed that's one that's one situation for me about like trauma, like um, childhood trauma affecting my relationships. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Like. Well, I mean, I 
I would say for me, I have held on to childhood friendships for years. So I have um, three of my best friends. Um, One I've known since I was 14. The other two I've known since I was 16. What? That is amazing. And then I have another best friend that I met in college when I was 22. And we have been best friends ever since. So almost almost uh, 20 years. And then another best friend of whom um, I have been best friends with the shortest length of time. Um, so we have been best friends since... 2015 but that's still good though like and this has been through several state moves like they have either moved to different states or I've moved to different states marriages divorces children and these are women that I talk to on a weekly basis or a monthly basis of I've been in their weddings I am God mother to their children um I go on annual vacations with what oh my that's amazing yeah they know like every everything going on in my life um one of my best friends she just lost her grandmother and I'm in a different state so I had my mother to cook a whole meal for like several people um, take floral arrangements and everything um, for, you know, for me, but, you know, on behalf of her. So, you know, I, I make, you know, I, I take advantage of opportunities to, to be present in their lives and to, to express my love and, and my care for them um, by any means necessary, because I adore them. And so I think with relationships, it's something that you have to grow and you have to, you have to work at, you know, not to say that we've never disagreed, not to say that we've never had an argument. I told you, you know, one of my best friends, we didn't talk for two years. So, um, but I was grateful to have her back in my life. I had um, a medical emergency and that's what brought us back together. And it just really speaks volumes in terms of how much a person loves you, mm-hmm. um, you know, because if I needed her, regardless of the fact that we weren't talking at the time, she was she was there for me. Right. And that's like that's a great friend to have, like someone who loves you like you're one of their own. And it's like with friendships, you kind of are like it's kind of a reflection of you, like it's kind of you being friends with another version of you in a way. I think friendships Absolutely. are like Absolutely. really intimate. And I like what you said. It's like you being friends with the with a version of yourself. It, I I truly believe that. Because I each of those friends, each of those five women feed me or feed my soul in a different way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does one feed your soul like? Like one of my girlfriends is like so super dope when it comes to fashion and she is just a lot of fun to be around. Like our vibe is just so rich 
So yeah. like we catch one another's vibe. So like we can show up and we'll just be dressed alike and it's like not even planned. Or like we're always in sync with um so we used to sing together a lot um in groups and in talent shows and dance together and we had a dance group when we were in high school. Oh. And so we just would feed off of each other. And you would think that we rehearsed a full blown routine and it's all like impromptu because we just feed off of each other and just our vibe is just so strong yeah and then like one of my other best friends like we're very spiritually connected but we're also connected because we're both well two of my girlfriends are in the army as well so um so we're we we have a lot in common in terms of our career paths have been very similar and so um and then because of what I do um, career-wise, you know, I can advise a lot and I can help, you know, help my friends with their, their, uh, their career paths and what they're struggling with, you know, career-wise or with their bosses and, you know, th- with getting promoted and, you know, things of that nature. So we're very connected, like I would say, uh, career-wise, but also very spiritually connected. We, we have the same value system. So we have the same belief system and that's really what connected us um, as kids. We realized that our belief systems were very similar and the way that we view the world was very similar. And it was like, you know, two young girls trying to do the right thing in a very cruel world. And Mm -hmm. we, we realized that we were like both similar in that sense, just trying to do the right thing and trying to get the most out of life. But there's just so many temptations and so many things around us that we could fall victim to. Right. So, um, so, you know, that's how we connected. Um, another one of my girlfriends, she's a couple of years younger than I am. And we really connected from a mentorship um, standpoint. So I'm, I'm more or less, um, I mean, she often gives me way too much credit, but she'll say that I helped develop her as a woman. Um, but I just, am, I have a very nurturing nature. I can sense that. And I'm very protective of people that I care about. And I pour into people that are around me. Um, so w- whether it's knowledge or insight or just an ear to listen. And, you know, I just provide wise counsel. And I just really she really took to me, um, in college and we just became very close. And, you know, I, I just taught her a lot of things that worked for me in my life. And, you know, I had been a few more places than she had experienced a few more things than she had because I was a few years older than her and just had some interesting perspectives that she really, um, clung you know cling to and um and so that's that was really our connection um but just I have just a special relationship with each of them a very special relationship and um really grateful to have you know five amazing women that you know I can say you know this is my best friend and you know I can count on this person so yeah, um, friendships are important. Relationships are important, but 
each of those relationships have um, been at the break of um, failure based on my own childhood trauma, based on things that I had experienced as a child that I projected within my relationship. Mm. Oh, that's deep. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, so what's one of the things, like, besides, like, pride that you projected onto, like, one of them? Um, I would say, like, um, I mean, even a good thing, too much of a good thing can be bad. So Hmm. the fact that I am nurturing, um, and I do, um, have like a mothering spirit, you know, I can project my views a little too strongly at times, you know, and a little too forcibly at times because in my house, well, in my house, the way I grew up, um, it was do as you're told. Yeah. Um, and you don't, you don't get to, you don't have a say so. Yeah. Whether right or wrong, you don't have a say so. Um, and I think that when you don't allow children to think for themselves and have an opinion and um, be able to to communicate in a way that they can get their view and their point across, I think that that's harmful. I think children, regardless of their age, they have something to say and they should be heard. They shouldn't be um, hushed and muzzled. Um, they have a perspective that maybe an adult hadn't considered or thought about that could be insightful. And I think as parents, you know, I'm a parent now, so I try to exercise that um, in my parenting. And I listen to my teenage daughter and I allow her to be heard because most times she's making really good sense. And I've had to adjust based on how rational um, her perspectives have been. And so, but it's something that I had to learn. I think, you know, I'm grateful that I've had relationships to try these changes out on, you know, because everything is trial and error. So as I'm making adjustments in my friendships, um, it's also helping me to make adjustments in my adult life, both professionally and, and personally, and even in my intimate relationships. Because, you know, no one's in charge of anyone, really. No one's anyone's boss, so to speak. And parents kind of, you know, they kind of project themselves as I'm the boss. Right. You do what what I tell you to do. Because I pay the bills. Right. And I just think that there is a slightly different approach to to doing that and to getting what you want from people. Right. And it's like, it shouldn't be like getting what you like, just because people aren't going to just be how you want them to be so it's like you can have like expectations but you shouldn't be too strong because like at the end of the day like that person is their own separate person too but I definitely can relate because like as a kid my voice wasn't really heard too much either but for me I think that affected me different because that made me it made me afraid to speak up um you know I always had issues expressing how I actually felt because when I was younger you know, I couldn't really say, I mean, I, I tried, but 
I don't think my voice was really listened to or heard either. And I feel like it's kind of like that in a lot of black households. The parent doesn't allow the kid to like speak their mind or say how they feel. It's like it's like our parents just treat treat the kids as robots. But a lot of that stems from slavery. So we our parents are emulating what their parents did, which are which are em, which emulated what their parents did and it all goes back to what they were forced what was forced upon them through slavery. So as a slave, you don't have an opinion. As a slave, you don't talk back. As a slave, you do what you're told or you're going to get beat. That is the same way that black households raise their children. Kilo, because I mean, I never really had it. Dang, I need to start asking that. But like, I don't think I ever met a white person like, because it seems like white children are more carefree in a way. Like, it seems like white people are like naturally more happier than black people. Like, I don't know. Like, I never heard, like, I never heard a white person complain about life. Whenever I see a white person in public, they always look happy or they're smiling or when you talk to them they got a smile on their face automatically like black people it's not like that most of the time well I think that there's definitely some distinct differences in how we're raised I'm not saying that white people are happier or that they all have great lives I think Mm -hmm. people are just people and we all struggle in our own way Right. And everybody's struggle is not going to look the same, but your struggle is the struggle that you need to go through for you and how you handle it makes all the difference. Right. It makes all the difference. So I don't, I don't um, look at slavery as the, it, you know, it's the cause of the hardship in my life. You know, or it's the cause of my mom yelling all the time and not ever really having a conversation. Everything was just a yell. Yeah, that's how my mom was. <laughs> so it's like, so I have to be very careful to not repeat those habits. Right. Because, you know, we repeat what we see, what you know, we emulate, what we've seen. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's just interesting how, you know, Black people were treated worse than animals you know we were we were beaten into subjection so you know it doesn't surprise me when a person is constantly their voice is constantly suppressed that they have a difficult time expressing themselves or they have a lower uh level of confidence or they're not as self-assured um because they were never told that they're that they had a voice and that it held value you know mm-hmm. and that it meant something and that it was important and it needed to be heard like i i mean that that is an an obvious um response to constantly being suppressed And so as Black people, we all struggle with that because for generations upon generations, we were suppressed in some, in some fashion. So we're, so when, you know, we have to just extend a lot of grace um, to our childhoods, to our parents, um, because 
they truly are doing the best that they know how to do. If they knew to do better, you know, I honestly believe that they would do better. Uh, you know, because some days, like, I'm not even trying to bash this guy, but I be feeling like my dad be trying to mess with me. Like, I don't, I be feeling like he, like, oh, like, I be feeling like my dad's, like, secretly against me because I, I remember one time I was 17 and I wanted to go out with my friend and my, like, my, like, and I'm not even, like, a troubled person. Like, I don't do much. And it was, like, a Saturday or a Sunday. And it was no reason why I shouldn't have been able to go. So he said he wanted to meet the parent. I was going to let him. And then after that, I was like, can I take – We received, I was saying how I was going to take the Metro and everything to Springfield, which isn't even that far. I think it's, like, a 30-minute drive or 20 – I don't know, but it wasn't that far. And – he said, I don't want you to take the Metro because you're a mi-. It was something that didn't make any sense. I think he said, because you're a minor or you're still, I don't know. And I was 17 and my birthday was like three or four months from then. And then after that, I was like, okay, well, maybe you can just drive us. And the thing is, right, he said he had, he wanted to take me to the movies and to go to Nando's when the Nando's was a takeout. So that Sunday, we didn't go to the movies and he just had mystery shops to do instead. And then mind you, he got, I just get so mad thinking about it because he, he does mystery shops almost every day. So it's like you have, to, and then I'm not trying to put too much of his business out there, but he, he has a good amount of money. Like we live in a three, a three or five bedroom house. Like he, he has money. So it's not to say that he's broke and like, it's not to say that he's broke and he needs to do the mystery shops. Like it's different. So he doesn't mind you. He does mystery shops every day. So it's like, you couldn't have took off one mystery shop or did the mystery shops like after you dropped us off. So I'd be thinking my dad's out to get me, you know? And I, I don't know. I think some parents really do want to sabotage their kids. Well, because I know your dad, I know that he's not, trying to sabotage you but I think that it's difficult sometimes to let go of the reins and to and it's difficult to know how to truly empower your child Mm -hmm. now I would say my daughter's never taken the metro by herself and she's 17 and I would not let her take the metro by herself the metro bus the metro anything <laughs> <laughs> because i am afraid so um that's not going to happen but i'm happy to drop you off somewhere and i do want to meet the parents okay so i think that that's very reasonable a reasonable request and but i think that you know it's hard to when you love something so much it's hard to um be vulnerable with it it's hard to allow your children 